Hello and welcome to the Rules of Acquisition, a podcast where we are going and have been going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the longest of the Deep Space Nines, or not of, that doesn't mean anything. Anyways, my name is Wade Bowen, and with me, as always, is James Nolan. Hey, guys. And Hugh Crawford. Hey. And uh, yeah, we are at the penultimate episode of the series, if you don't count the last one as two. Yeah, we're, I mean, this is the penultimate episode of the Rules of Acquisition, sort of, for our regular episodes, because we're going to do the finale in one part. Yeah. <laughs> well, we want to keep the integrity of the podcast. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> You don't want to have to like break it up over the course of a right, week. Right. You want to, uh... We don't want to make any promises to people that they and then go back on it because Star oh, Trek yeah. people hate that when you do that on a podcast. The Dogs of War. It is episode 24 of season 7. It originally aired May 26, 1999. Here is the full summary from IMDb. Odo begins recovery from the deadly disease which Dr. Bashir tells him has been engineered by Section 31 in order to wipe out the Founder's entire race. A resistance mission goes bad for Kira and Garrick, and they end up hiding in a basement of the house which Garrick grew up in. <laughs> they soon hear Legate Damar, who has been on their mission was hiding and hiding with them, has just been a casualty of war. The Grand Nagus has chosen Quark to become his successor <laughs> upon his impending retirement on the pleasure planet Rise Up. Um, <laughs> Who wrote that one? Was it uh, the the SpongeBob guy? Movie Dude One did that one. Now yeah. this is like a lot of housekeeping for Star Trek Deep Space Nine. The best, but the best stuff was like a Damar stuff, though, right? No. <laughs> Do you mean it wasn't uh, Ezra and Julian? No. No. Yeah. Sorry. No, I was it. gonna say even because it gives a story credit to Peter Allen Fields, who probably didn't even know he was gonna get a check that day. So <laughs> yeah, like, right. um, like I feel like they were like set. Settling, like in all ways they were like this was a closing the books episode like maybe they owed him an extra like right, <laughs> they right. settled up and realized oh shit i never paid him for when duke <laughs> won the final four or whatever in your uh, extensive research james did anything come up about what he actually contributed to this nothing i think they don't even talk about it i'm sure they don't but they, yeah they just had to give all their high uh hitters episode credit because what it's also <laughs> Ronald D. Moore and Ira Stephen Bear get the sc- screenplay credit, right? Uh, Renee Echeverian and oh, Moore. Really? Echeverian oh. Moore wrote it. In my mind, I was like, oh, ISB did this one and oh, clearly he just wrote all the Ferengi stuff and then Moore did the other stuff. Maybe not the <laughs> well, Ezra I mean, Julian stuff. Well, I mean, Bear, you know, like the whole idea with the whole storyline of it was his idea. They got to wrap up the arc of the Ferengis throughout the show and it is an interesting endpoint for Ferengi with all you know a lot of all the yucks and shenanigans but like they end up with a you uh, know, a neoliberal revolution <laughs> yeah no, no. yeah you know, they, get I mean, their, they get the Marxist as to be the negus though you he know, said a so. lot in an episode but no I you know but like <laughs> yeah no I what do I feel about this episode wait a minute are you you're uh you're knocking Rom's uh, like political bona fides here, like <laughs> Rom go on Chapo. It like- was like they gave it like after enacting the Al Gore 2000 political platform, they gave it to. I don't know. Like it just seemed like it was like everybody's going to get free health. Well, they don't say if it's free health care. Yeah, but like progressive income tax. Yeah, that's something that uh, the Clintons never really 
aimed for. Yeah, no, so. I mean, it was clearly like a, some sort of lip service to American liberal politics. Sure. But I don't, you know, or I don't know what I think about it as a closing to work as a character. Like, I don't know what he does next week because I haven't watched ahead, but um, right. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like this was a... It was a weird... It, w- it felt clumsy to me as far as... I feel like there was this desire... Or not desire. I feel like there was this conflict probably in their hearts and probably in the room, but maybe not in the room, but definitely in my heart, uh-huh. that uh, do you really, like where it's the conflict of wanting to see a character last time you see them, they're in the environment. It's Sam Malone closing the lights at the bar. Right. So you see them in the environment that you remembered in, but there's a staticness to that. Yeah. Yeah, and- I mean, it ends with Rom going off to be the uh, neoliberal Marxist or whatever. Uh, uh-huh. And then Quark is like doubling down before. I mean, before that, he's like, he's going, he's playing right into the fucking Trump playbook where we have to make Frankenar great again and cut back all these and shit that Obama did. Yeah, but well, that's almost what I'm saying. Like, like I can't tell, like, I feel like that Quark has been running in the same plot loop for seven years. Oh, for sure. And so yeah. to make him sort of re- like, and I mean, maybe are you supposed to think it's like, um, it's like uh, Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd, like, you know, like, Hey, he's always going to take a hard line and then soften due to comeuppance and circumstance. Right. That'll just be the character he is. And this was the last time we got to see him rage on with his wrongheadedness and bask in it and then get some sort of comeuppance. Like right, well, or not even that. Like Ferenga society is changing, and we all love that. But good old Quark, he's gonna stay the same old Quark that we love. Mm-hmm. And he's not changing at all, and we're supposed to find that endearing. Yeah, and I know that. Yeah, some of us don't. <laughs> you know? I think at the time you weren't supposed to remember the eight episodes where you know he liberalized his politic based upon comments you're not supposed to remember that because that was the the old formula you didn't watch episodes from three years ago right you just watched the episode in front of you and i like to see sam alone in the bar he he even calls out to that where he says i've become soft and i've got to go double down he's done that like three times where he's mm-hmm. like said i've become soft and i've got to come hard again but yeah they they do that same thing but it, one of the things that i find conflicting about that when you watch in this age of streaming or just the way that i watch tv now i remember remember like i can think about this with the office where you know at the beginning seasons you're like i like jim he's a go-getter he's got things going on he's not just an office worker like he's got things going on and that guy's gonna go places and he's being stifled by this boring and uncreative environment around episode around season eight you're just like maybe you just fucking belong here lamo like (laughs) because he's still in the same you know like so well he's going to philly for his uh sports job yeah and they kept like there's a point where you there's a point where you sort of hate jim after a while well and i think the show had to like like i felt like in the eighth season they were having to scramble because we hate jim because jim's a fucking lamo asswipe who like still (laughs) fucking there man he's like the guy you know like the the cliche you go back home to your hometown where you went to high school with there's a guy that's just still there hey no right well and then at the end of it they have to sell you as but that's lovable because and then you're supposed to be like take his wife's side who Wants to be the small, small town yeah. wife, and and it's and Jim's an asshole for wanting something more, and then they pull back, and you mm. know. So I get a little bit of that with Quark, where it's kind of like, you know, like fuck, like maybe you aren't a special Ferengi, you know, <laughs> like maybe you're just like a dick, 
And you're just like, you right. know, you're just that guy that never learns a fucking lesson. He just and, pops off all the time. And he never, <laughs> yeah. he, 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 that's all he does. There's two, both things are true. I wouldn't have had this if they had grown the character, but by growing the character, it's like what I bitched about with Damar. Is this really the way we want to see Damar, or not Damar, Ducat? We want to see Ducat as this scuzzy, Bajoran gigolo? Like, is this really how we want to see Ducat in the end? And, and But that's growth. That's what, you know. So well, I get the conflict between that and i just it's an interesting i'm not i'm almost cerebral with it now i'm not even talking about whether i liked it or not it's just it's kind of like wow they were it's a difference in how tv's done that quark would have grown some but didn't yeah they they grew him some in like season three and then they just had to put it on a loop yeah well i mean they turned him into a woman to learn what you know like it's all of this shit yeah that's a whole it's one of those things where it either you get a snapshot of him the way he was always great, which is war for the bar being an ass, you know, a chauvinistic, you know, right. capitalist that's what asshole. They settle on. Yeah. That's the what that's the image I want to see of him. Or like I'd like to see the end of his growth story, you know? They kinda do both and it's I actually it's kinda gross how like, oh they're making him the hard ass, like, no, I'm gonna be the bar and fuck Ferenginar, it's dead, but my bar is gonna be the one vestige of the old Ferengi way. And then he's like, okay, cool. And then he's like, but I love you, brother. So it's like, gets mm-hmm. the full house. Oh, like, saccharine bit at the end. Which... And you're an idiot. But I love you. Yeah, but I almost feel like he's too big of a character to give that sort of kiss off to. Yeah, like, when it was at the end, because the whole spiel is that he thinks that he's going to be made the Nagus because we got a bad connection and it turns out it's going to be wrong. You know, we all know. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, he's like, oh, this is Moogie's fault. Like, what I wanted, like, if this were the grimdark uh, prestige TV uh, show, if he's like, it's all Moogie's fault. She's she's corrupted. Mm-hmm. And then he has to, like, try to commit matricide to, <laughs> at the end of it or something. Not, not that that would Jesus, be Jesus, Wade. I'm just saying, he's like, this is all my mother's that fault. That got dark quick. You get all Oedipal with it and he has to, yeah, that's a grimdark way to go with it. And But, you know, but he's like, nope, I mean... It's nice that he loves his family at the end. <laughs> I'm not arguing that it needed to go that way. And I, didn't, I also way. didn't get the feeling that it was like this last regression to form, like the last Mad Men episode where like Don full, goes full alcoholic. Right. Like right. fucking depresso Don again. And like, and it's intense. And you're just like, the fuck is this show's like in the last hours? This is, and, but you know, but they pull it into like a story thing. I don't feel like they were doing that either. He was just being like a, right. like a make America great again. Well, you know, whatever. He was just being a, like the cle- the original quark, but like turned up for no reason without, you know, yeah. I don't know. It well, was, this was, this is all before the age of, yeah. uh, you know, we, with unlikable characters are our heroes. You know, it's all pre Sopranos and everything. So, well, they kept him unlikable. But. Quark is proto, uh, Tony it's Soprano. A, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's likable, but with a, but you know what? I love you, brother. Oh, it's got that mm-hmm. sprinkled on it always because they're, the producer, they'd be like, no, you can't have him be unlikable. That's just not allowable. I did feel like it was, it wasn't the best story they could have done with these characters. But then again, I never really run with these characters, so I'm probably not the best. You're not the one. You're not the one. <laughs> From a big overall perspective of the arc of the Ferengis, it's nice that they, the show shows, I mean, this is in Manu's book too. It's like, well, like the overall trajectory of them is towards a more just, uh, equitable society. And it's nice to see them come from 
straight objectivist randian type to i guess neoliberal is yes, but yeah. that's just i mean it's it was 1999 you know like no 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 that's one of the things is i almost felt it was like too congratulatory for how far it went like they were very yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yes and we are going to have aged care you know like something like that yeah. and like you uh, know it feels you, very west wing to me a show i've never watched all of, but well yeah yeah i mean i think that yeah yeah. No, I think that it's very proud of a very mild, meek, centrist stance. They, they thought they were being edgy there. And I guess they were. It was. It is more equitable than it was. They're going to save the environment. and <laughs> the, Just the things that he wants to roll back. I mean, it does. I was watching it, you know, with Joni. And, I mean, it did feel topical to this era where we are now. Where it's like, oh, my God, they've instituted all these reforms. This is not what my country... I have to go back and revoke everything, <laughs> right. you know, healthcare for all. What the fuck, you know, yeah. free enterprise. Why that? It, it's that's why they call it free, you know, and a progressive income tax is, you know, even that would be for centrist Dems. That's crazy. That would never pass in our. Yeah, it's selling where he's planning to go full Trump. He's still the good guy too, and it's like, oh, you quirk, you scamp, you know. It's like, oh, okay. yeah, that's the thing is that they only the. The political viewpoint is only there to make him seem like a scamp. It's not because they the the creators of the show actually have a point. Of I view. mean, I think Ira would talk a big game about how proud he was while where he's wearing a like I'm a lesbian T-shirt and thinking he's edgy about it. But. It doesn't even make sense that they have like a total authoritarian system that can just be handed off because the guy wants to. I don't know. It was weird. Like even the Catholic Church doesn't work that way. Because the guy wants to go on vacation for the rest of the- <laughs> right. like, and they just and he gets to just name his successor like i was just like how oh yeah like what i mean if he is politically unpopular which is what that what was, kind of corporation gets to name their successor i mean you're supposed to think that he is a fi- he's like the he's like the nfl commissioner he's like right he's a figurehead for billionaires think i don't think roger goodell gets to name his son as a commissioner of nfl once he wants to go to jeffrey epstein's fuck island there should be a fer- ferengi like <laughs> thing where they're they're lighting smoke to know who the new Nagus is, kind of. Thing. Yeah, that's what I was figuring. Like you should, like, uh, like I don't know, like well, I, they made. They're the one that made their secession. their social secession, like a story point. So now I get to, you know, now I get to think it's a little I mean, underthought. That, that would take a whole half season to really do what you're saying. Really, and they're like, or you could just, <laughs> like, you or, can just or, make or some could, shit up, or you could just make some. You could go in with just one line and say, "I bribed everybody to get my way." Yeah, yeah. I, I think, paid them all. I off. think you're overcomplicated. It's easier to say he names his successor and not sweat it though you know they, that's what they made up for it <laughs> their systems aren't realistic oh my god you're the guy that loves world building some pretty lazy world building. sure but it's believable for what they're doing for this dumb 90s i mean oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even think it's that believable but yeah, yeah okay, he's, a, he's a religious figure he's the head honcho he names his successor it's not like something to get bent up about i guess if you think of capitalism as religion but capitalism's never functioned that way a capitalist society wouldn't allow blood they would have some sort of oligarchy behind the people, scenes a de- a people de- name their successors all the time in corporations sherry redstone is going to be you privately know, she, owned she or publicly to, owned corporate no she has to fight it, for it she has to get the board of directors on yeah her side. i don't i don't know what, I'm, I'm not sure what i'm arguing they just decided to make it here he names his successor mm-hmm. it's not that crazy for them to do 
that for just this story, this dumb Ferengi story that they're telling. You're right. To do more would just be overcomplicating it, right? Yeah, I think it's a missed opportunity. I don't think this... Like, they're cartoon characters. Sure, you're right. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm trying to make them less cartoon characters, I guess. Which is, at this point, at this yeah, point in well, the game... That's that's, this that's, is that's what... been your problem with the Ferengi exactly, the whole time, yeah. right? Yeah, and just, uh, like, uh, the Ferengis need to come to me. I'll... Let's talk about a better storyline. Let's talk about Julian and uh, Ooh, Yes. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, the best storyline. <laughs> <laughs> I can still, I can still trick you. Yeah, no. We're starting with the best, and we're just working our way down to the the, the lamest storylines. Second best is uh, maybe it's a testament to my all the anime I've been watching this last two weeks. But um, <laughs> I felt like Dax and Bashir were a lot pretty cartoon characters too. Oh, oh really? Oh, <laughs> I'm in an elevator. With her, <laughs> his his nose is bleeding. He looks very driven and upset. Maybe something's going on. Maybe I should talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> you got Miles and Worf as like an early Coen Brothers couple of guys <laughs> narrating from the back. Well, what do you think's going on here? <laughs> Why don't they just get together? And it's like, well, that seed. By the way, that pointed out something to me. That me and Hugh have always been talking about that the show's a visual medium and it forgets that sometimes. Um, while that scene is going on, while the, the Sheer is bumping into Dax for the first time and Worf uh-huh. and O'Brien are doing the little like balcony bullshit, peanut gallery shit, yeah, a yeah. guy phases in from the transporter and then like walks and then like shakes hands with other people. And I was just sitting there thinking, some fucker had to like. Like, that's a digital effect. Somebody had a digital oh, effect yeah. that shit in. And I was like, they're going to go through the trouble to add this bullshit digital effect that it's just a bro handing another guy? Like, I was like, why does <laughs> this, like, like, why did he trip or some weird shit was going on? Like, 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 <laughs> why don't they do some business? If you're that's going what... to, if you're going to have extras performing, like, performing blocked movements with digital images why not make it fucking funny or something or interesting or like that, that was that was Avery Brooks, the director for this episode, yep. just like trying to create. I'm going to really right. set this setting. that's really lived in. There's stuff, there's shit going on in the background. That's just, but it's just like, uh, why is it so boring? Like, <laughs> well, I guess I've I never, know. I've always, I didn't notice that guy at all. You always think, well, they don't do these things because it's a lot of money and that's not the point of the scene. And let's just, you know, and right. it's a, it's a television, it's a, you know, it was made on a budget and you got to move on. It's why Roger Corman don't do a lot of funny bits in his movies. Right. Because it's, that's money. But they did all but. They even <laughs> I have a, digital effects. And- I have a feeling that this is like the penultimate episode. Episode. Uh, this is Avery Brooks' last chance to direct. So he's like, I want, because he's like a guy that'll tell you exactly what it is. I want a guy coming in on the transport here. I need, I need this. And they're like, because it did feel like they spent more money on this one than they spent on the last three episodes. Goodbye. I was actually thinking since it's like the last days of disco on this uh, room, are they like, are they like uh, fleecing the money? Like, look, we're going to throw, we're going to throw the digital guys extra work this oh, week because this is the last they're going to get man and you don't know when these jobs come so we're just going to throw them work and we don't know if the, you know voyager's going to pick them oh, up that, so maybe they're taking care of their own maybe but like a lot of like that was one of the things i thought up because i was like that's a lot of work yeah i, I that's possible yeah my brain was like a safety brook starting his dick around because mm-hmm. like 
These are the first. Did you notice that this is the first time I've noticed like any uh, black actors playing Cardassians? Yes. Yeah, I did know that. And there were like two or like that were prominently featured in this. Like, okay. I mean, that's great. I'm a big, you know, I'm all for it. Oh, like, it's odd that this is the first time we're getting it. Oh, we know how you feel about it. I appreciate it. We, we know how you feel about it. <laughs> Cardassians <laughs> are clearly supposed to be white actors in makeup. It's just the way no, it is. That, I mean, like, not, you know, stop I'm all for diversity, but create other, uh, other races that are black actors under latex makeup. Up for your races. Don't take that away from canadically white uh-huh. actors inside of latex. Makeup. Listen, Pelosi, uh, no, or AOC, stop mm-hmm. playing the race card. No. <laughs> uh, but one of the things also uh, it, to that maybe it was a, a make work program for the for the crew is that this this episode is pretty horribly low lit. Yeah, like spe- I did. And that is like notoriously low light is. Hard like labor intensive like it, it's a lot of work for the lighting crew to give you oh, like because yeah. they give you highlight they just put up big wash lights and right, you know right. like, that's why sitcoms that's why the soap operas are lit that way. like they were doing the work yeah i did notice this was dark <laughs> like all the cardassian scenes are like in a basement like, <laughs> yeah um... i mean I, I could i could not even tell you <laughs> what was going on when nana visitor was fighting the ice dragon i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> that was like 15 minutes of this episode that i was just like I don't know. Well, I'll read you it. You might say that Lieutenant, that Colonel Kira forgot about the Cardassian fleet. No. <laughs> no, I just image that image from Game of Thrones when they <laughs> kill the, the second dragon, but it's it's Damar with that look. <laughs> that Khaleesi look on her face, like, <gasps> what? Oh, we were talking about Jules and Ezri making out, huh? Oh, my um, God. I, I don't know what there is to say about it other than it was... They didn't rise above the challenge of closing out a sh- shitty love story with a character we didn't know. Yeah. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, I, I wrote something down, but it, I think prob- I can't find it on my, my notes, but I'm sure it was just like, this is fucking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. It's like just the most clumsy acting of Julian of his career in the show, and it's pretty bad to say. Oh, that. I thought it was just me. Me too. That's why I've been so awkward around you. I don't get it. Can we admit that the director of this episode has the best relationship moments as a director in the show? Oh yeah. So like interpersonal like romance and like interpersonal shit. That's. That's what, oh so God. far, I that's forgot, what... Oh, I almost forgot about all that stuff. Avery Brooks was the best at directing that, and this is awful, and so I don't... Yeah. He right. couldn't, he couldn't... Nope. He couldn't buy, but he couldn't work with what he was given, what yeah. he was given was yeah. garbage. I mean, I feel like, yeah, probably with that uh, Rejoined episode, uh, she was probably, uh, she's, you know, very, uh, like, oh, I'm going to give this my hardest and I know I'm not as good an actor Mr. Brooks but and he worked with her for two weeks whereas I bet with Sadiq and Ezri in this probably Alexander's just like yeah I got this whatever don't and then he's like you know Phil Hill like I'm an actor I can do this and and Avery Brooks like all right fine just do it instead of working with him and making it he's just never felt real yeah it's old hat at this point but this is like a big moment and it just it still just doesn't feel like a real person is there any reason that when they're like having their we're we're good friends why are they like in a uh flea market jewelry stand (laughs) did you see that where they're walking around (laughs) 
with the like rock jewelry and stuff. It's like somebody had to dress a set for this scene, and they picked. Maybe y'all didn't pay attention, but it's just like, why are they? I got the guy on the transporter. I don't have to get the. Okay. Yeah, I guess. I guess I was just riveted by the the (laughs) chemistry between those actors. I was just looking in the background and going, "Oh, what's that necklace over there?" And they got all these scarves draped around the set, and yeah, it's like it looked like somebody's like, "Oh, this is my homemade jewelry. Can I have it featured on the show?" Yeah, we'll do it. That's we should just keep going with that thesis. That they, this is just them being bros, man. They are helping out their crew. They 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 rise as one. Where one goes, they what what what's QAnon? Where we go, one we go, we go all. all. Yeah, whatever the fuck that means. Yeah, like that's that's their motto. They're just uh, they're yeah. helping out. They're uh, look uh, the gaffer. His mom makes jewelry. It's 19.99, and Etsy doesn't exist yet. Maybe she <laughs> right. could get into an expo if she's on the show. Right. If it's on the show, I can sell it at conventions. That's um, right. Look, yeah. Um, so Bajoran uh, show worn Bajoran jewelry. Yeah, no, they yeah. might have been doing that. I bet they were stealing scripts. I bet they were stealing. <laughs> I bet Michael Okoda took his old dad's pickup truck there like four times I, I like to think that that's what's going on is this episode right. just stuff to gills with what the fuck because they're helping everybody out so that's that plot line i think are we done with jules and Ezra does it go goes? anywhere no they make out at the end and they're together what we've always wanted the peanut gallery is like well get this shit the fuck out of here boop and mm-hmm. Worf hits the button this in the turbo lift down and miles is like yeah. hubba, they find those crazy kids finally did it and Worf is like I, I guess next is the my, the the clear Ronald D. Moore storyline, the the storyline about like Odo's righteous vengeance about being used as a genocidal weapon. Well, it just opens up like with new ship who dis. <laughs> oh, that fucking shit! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why the fuck blow up the? I don't know. God damn it! Yeah, it, it was like it was a little. They thought they were doing big things with blowing up the ship, and it's just like it's. Come they on, thought man, they, the only thing I can think of is they thought they were getting a movie. Maybe. So, like, what is the point of like kill? I don't know. It's like fuck. Well, it. they were making this shit up as they went along. We've established, right? So they like, know, oh. why the blow up the Defiant and just blow it up? Just fucking. It wasn't there the first three seasons of the fucking show. It's not there for like fucking who cares? Like, but it because- was cool. Because it's, it become it became iconic for the show, and they have to have a ship to fly in for the finale. That's why, why did it have to be called the Defiant? Why did it have to look like that the Defiant? Was, I was like, the, it's just like sending a message to your audience. None of this really matters. It's a mixed right. message. It's to me. Yeah. It's like it was, guys, it's, this shit is fucking serious shit is about to go down we're talking genocide we're talking like the federation's a bad guy are they the good guys or the bad guys are fucking like we're talking the deep shit and dark night of the human soul but don't worry everybody's gonna work out okay okay well i think okay. we got the argument that the problem is it's the uh evils and problems with fan service ultimately right because that's totally what this is but i feel like this was almost like pre this was pre-defensive for fan service this was like right. this was like oh we know we know we know we brought back the defiant it's been gone i don't even miss it like you know right. like well, it yeah, was gone I, like I a didn't week ago realize it was gone yeah yeah i mean i i agree it's it doesn't sell as a big huge moment that they're trying to make it where they're like mm-hmm. oh oh i'm gonna go check out this oh do you want to be alone with the ship so you can uh, stick your dick in the console sir yes 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 i would thank you dax for letting me be alone in here and say because they're like oh is she here yet and they're talking about it like it's a you know a lady and yeah yeah and yeah it's not great it's not great uh, but it also like it 
It's like a, the wharf thing where it cheapens Gen Z's memory to act like this. <laughs> this kids in the hall have offshoot as Gen Z. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm just like you from a store. If you really liked the Defiant and you really liked that little ship, it absolutely helps win the war because what it discovered and being blown up and all of the phaser readings and all of that stuff is how they've held them at bay. Right. You know, so it did sacrifice for the greater good. So it's got a better story. Yeah, but that's, well, okay, uh, counterpoint. That sacrifice was so lame that it would be lame to end without seeing it do anything else. Because, like, that was a squandered opportunity. Like, that. You you end the story arc with the writer's room you have. (laughs) Right. Well, and then, then, yeah, I mean, they obviously, like, we need. We're gonna have a big, huge space battle, and our captain of our show has to captain a ship at the end of it. We can't give him a new ship. We could, but we give him the old one, and also we're not gonna get a new set for a new ship and or build a new model for the last episode. So I guess we're stuck with this one, right? These are all things you should have thought up before you blew up the ship. They should have, but they they yeah, that's the problems of not uh, plotting breaking your shit in the room well enough, I guess, right? And then the uh, terrorist gang, they're going to uh, Cardassia, but it's a trap. Freedom fighter. I, I call them the Hel- Al-Qaeda gang, but that, that's probably not good taste. You call them the White Mountain Boys, the Sons of Liberty or whatever. For that opening scene where uh, good old KV turns on them and it's a bloodbath when they show up. Was it just me or like, why the fuck did they name the guy they left the ship? Cisco? Yeah, I was like, is she talking to Cisco? Sisca. His name's Sescal. I had to look it up. She's like, the, Beavis out of here, Cisco. And I was like, Cisco. she can talk to Cisco? Why is this, I know, I did the why same is this thing so foobard? What are you doing, writers? Come on, don't pick a name that said, when she says it sounds like Cisco. Get to Cisco. Get us out of here. Like, if you watch it with the closed captioning, it's it's Sescal. Then they go to uh, Garrick's uh, mom. Not his mom? I, I like guess, that it's not yeah. clear that it's mom. Because, mm. I, again, I think Garrick should have mystery to him, but it's... I think it's, it's clear now that she's not. Right. Because they're not playing, like, three-dimensional chess with the Garrick subtext anymore. I think no, they're just, no, it's the Garrick you're getting now. Okay, so, yeah, I'm, I'm in the minority here, where I actually think that the housekeeper is his mom. Still? See, Still. I, I don't, I, I She think tells him that, to clean up and stuff. Right. Like, I think that that's, like, the subtext. See, I think... What I like, James is I, right. They're, J- they're not James playing three chess here. James is on that side. I'm actually thinking. I'm actually in the middle a little bit where I th- I think James. He is, thinks she's half a mom. No, I think you, you're probably right. They're not playing four dimensional chess here, and they're selling her as a housekeeper. But also, I also there's enough question to where I like it because it goes back to that Garrick is a guy that you don't know the answers to his life anymore. Exactly. Like, I wish that was. I just feel like when she came on the board, she just came out like a straight-ass governess. Yeah. Yes. So I think that the housekeeper is his mom and that Tane is his... Of course, they said that Tane is his Tane's dad. Tane's his dad. Mm-hmm. You know, clearly. Yeah, that. that's not even like a... like They're just like, oh, yeah, we all clearly know that. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I... And then, well, Damar is even like, what? Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, he's the head of the city in order. He can say it. I'm his kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. We got that out of the way. Right. But the, <laughs> the housekeepers are nobody, so they don't bring up who his mom is. But Right. Frau Mila. I, I think, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm, 
I don't know. I'm sure there's some extended universe stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's a novel about who is Mothra. What's the point? In, well, here's what I'll say. It's not explicitly wrong. Right. Right. Like, so, like, you could definitely say, you know, it's like, you can go read some old, like, Wolverine comics that has, like, history that's clearly like, oh, well, that's not. That's been retconned or proven to not be You know, the case. like, in between two panels, the sixth issue story happened like right, and you're right. like well it doesn't say it didn't happen right right so you're right i think that you're right but it's not like i don't think that at this point i don't think that that's that's not their van- <laughs> like i don't think they're playing All that right. tone with us maybe not but what i do like is that it's not clear so we could have an argument whether he is or not they don't have they don't have time to unpack new stuff right or yeah, expound upon so they're just like yeah. Right. I feel almost to the point where they were like, I think when they wrote that, that was probably in their minds because that made sense. He fucked the housekeeper. Right. Like, that's a pretty basic story. That's, that's yeah, a yeah. lot of True Detective season one. But, like, <laughs> yeah, like, you, you know, they fucked the housekeeper and had, like, a, a second family that he kept in his house. Like, like, like Thomas Jefferson. And. Well, grosser like, then, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah it was but it was way fucking worse. Yeah, Sorry, I, I, to, I, I get the okay. point you're making, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, like not that, not that, but it's the, it's like Thomas Jefferson, and I thought that made sense to me. And now there's you're like, uh, you know, like do they do they unpack that in that scene because she's only there for a scene, or do you just skip it because to to mention it at this point would be weird. Like, oh, and she's my mom. And then everybody's kind of go like, really? Oh. Well, oh, I, th- all I right. think at least one person probably may have realized that it's more interesting if you don't lay it out. But to what you're saying, James, I mean, I think you're probably right that what you they, they're going with, like they could have made it more explicit by asking a question about whether he's his mom and, and Garrett giving some, you know, a flip answer that could go either way mm-hmm. that would have that would have locked down the question yeah but the fact is that we don't know for sure so you can make arguments for both mm-hmm. so i mean i like that at least that it's not completely clear you could have even had like a scene between the two of them not where they even maybe talk it out but where they you know speak in furtive suggestions that right she gets some more scenes in the finale but i don't remember how it, i don't oh, think does she oh okay. yeah Okay. Well, if there's more to it, then maybe I don't. I'm just speaking. Yeah. I can cleanly just speak about this episode because I didn't watch yeah, the yeah. finale. I don't remember. Uh, according to Memory Alpha, that's the mom. Uh, yeah, because it, it's extended universe garbage. Well, in the Deep Space Nine novel, A Stitch in Time reveals that Mila was indeed Garrick's mother. However, he was raised believing his father was a man named Tolan rather than Tane. Shortly well, before his that's own not, death, Tolan that's told not Garrick. Canon. I mean, according to like extended universe books, which is what I suspected, is that the show yeah, probably yeah. wasn't in- the showrunners were probably <laughs> more interested in getting their their special effects guys some extra work <laughs> rather than <laughs> clarifying that. Hey guys, I got a uh, I got uh, an aunt who's fallen on hard times. If I could cast her as a governess <laughs> type to be like, uh, yeah, yeah, we could put well, her like- in the scene. Yeah, she for me it was like oh she's like the Frau blah 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 from like a German uh, exactly like, yeah, yeah yeah she even has that like Gertrude Stein hair and like mm-hmm. you know like the like the twenties look that all like all housekeepers or nannies in TV in the eighties and seventies right. yeah. wore oh yeah she's uh what's her miss from uh 
Facts of life. Facts of life. Yeah, Mrs. She. <laughs> what is the whole storyline? What is that whole story? So did they kill okay. all of the? They raid all of the eighteen bases. They're like then... Demar was killed. Dakot does not get mentioned once in this entire episode. Yeah, the all eighteen of their uh, of the rebel bases have been dist- eliminated, and so they're like, "Game over, man. This is, we're fucked." And. Uh, and what if Ducat wasn't mentioned in the next episode either? It's just a <laughs> shot at the him of him working with like a seeing eye dog and getting pissed off and kicking it <laughs> and like snapping his like cane and then like damn it and then like wah wah and then like cut to another character and that was it. That was the end. that's that's the last we see of him. The the rebels are all eliminated and they're stuck on. They can't. They're no nobody's like well let's keep fighting. They're like, well, that's it, I guess. Until Frel Mila uh, from the Facts of Life comes down and says, you know what they're saying about you out there? And and they're like, what, that we're losers and that we suck and that blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, they're saying that Damar's still alive. Like, oh, that we're stupid, that we're arrogant, that they're glad we're dead. And it's like, no, they're saying that you're alive on Kelvis Prime and you've got a secret mountain hideaway or something. It's like, and basically she's like, no, uh, They've been lied to. This has also felt topical to me. Like, well, they, they've been lied to so much that they don't believe the fake news anymore. Right. They believe that, you know, the DeMar, <laughs> DeMar the, is Robert Mueller coming to save us. Right. Well, no, they're trying to convince DeMar to be Bernie Sanders, I guess, to come in and flip the tables or the whatever. The Vichy Cardassians are cool. Yes. And the, they're going to fall back to Cardassian space because the Federation's a bunch of wimps and they're, they're not going to take us and they're going to regroup. Admiral Hand Sandwich is like, nope. Uh, you know what? They're, they they just assume we're going to be big wimps about this, but then the Federation is pretty immediately it's like, no, no, uh, we see what they're doing and we need to go risk it all on the attack. Wei Yun seems so f- sure and the Changeling is so sure that they're they're just not going to do it because the Federation is weak. There's not even a question. It would have been more maybe interesting if they had to fight to convince the Federation more because that's what the Federation is set up as. But they're like, no, we understand. We're with the Klingons. So he's now the legend. So like now there's a popular uprising up on Cardiac. <laughs> Why? Like they're odd. They're taking an odd approach to the penultimate episode where it seems like they're drastically moving towards the everything is fine penultimate yeah. cliffhanger. <laughs> right. Well, that's a weird, like a calm before the storm. Like things are looking like, up for our space friends. Yeah. And so, well, you know, one, like, the one I thing guess you could of... call it bold stylistically to do that because a normal show would make you be like, oh, shit, this is the all is lost moment. And yeah. then they do their like, then they do their like long shot play to fix everything. But now right. that, and, like, I and, don't even know, like, everybody's cool. Right. And the Federation is making like the... literally the next episode. I do know that the next episode would opens up with Julie and like w- waking up post-coital that's your last episode like that's right right. so and the federation is the good guys though i mean going back we haven't talked about the odo your your t-cell counts low enough and you're fine and yeah this uh, is the story this this is is what's so fucking weird about this is this goes back to what we argued a lot about last week (laughs) wink last week uh when we were talking we were talking a lot about Section 31 and how it is uh, indicative of a systematic problem within the Federation. And I was Mm -hmm. kind of saying, well, not necessarily. But then Odo pretty much takes your side in that argument and says, like, no, Mm -hmm. fuck your Federation, you know. 
And they're like, no. And then Julian was like, my side, well, you know, they're, they're not technically part of the, the Federation didn't do this to you. Fuck that. Section 31 did. And Odo was like, fuck you. The Federation did this <laughs> it did to me. Feel good to, it did feel good that Odo wasn't having any of that clear, <laughs> dumb bullshit. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, well, was actually, fe- that was actually the The Section the most... 31 is not the Federation. Really? <laughs> fuck off. Like, yeah. Yes, it is. Oh, it's existed since your inception, and it's been actively promoting your interests, so what's yeah, the deal they claim here? they to abhor, you know, genocide, but they look the other way. That's a tidy little arrangement, isn't it? And mm-hmm. so That's not me. That's yeah. the super PAC that formed in my name, you know? <laughs> but, I mean, he was a collaborator during the occupation, so I don't know it. how <laughs> well, he gets off. Everybody's hands are a little dirty there, Odo. You should know better than yeah, anybody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right? Uh, I, do, I do think it, that it is, like... And and when I he's given and he's talking to Avery Brooks and Avery Brooks, I don't know if it. <laughs> I think it's. I don't think it's an accident that Avery Brooks is in his exact pale moonlight costume when he's like, "We can't strengthen their hand. There's a war on." And you know he feels it. He gets it. He feels bad, but he's also in his pale moonlight uni. And he yeah. And then they're abetting genocide. I don't condone what Section Thirty One did, but the founders started this war. I see what you're saying. Like it's a signifier of. Of like being not like full dress uniform, so he's like mm. half ideals too. Right. Yeah. Right. And he's yeah, he's kind of in, yeah, yeah, he's indicative of his. Because I position. thought it was a weird thing to let dangle. I thought that it was weird to have him say it, and then I mean, clearly. I mean, they had to acknowledge it though. Yeah. Well, they did, but then like I felt have the like audience, we'd be talking if they didn't have that conversation. We'd be talking about how <laughs> the the federation is abetting and condoning genocide. Yeah, yeah right? no, 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 no. You're right that, that that was at least they had the conversation, but then it's like, well, then once you put, you know, because that's the problem. Why, why, why shitty shows avoid the conversation is so that then you don't have to have all of the problems that the conversation has, which is that you have to have Avery Brooks voice some sort of concern for, well, you know, come on, I'm just not that excited about, like, you know, saving your assholes right now, you assholes right now. And this is a market advantage uh, to keep our survival. Like, that's what he says. And that makes, fuck, it even makes sense. Yeah, he says we thought about giving them the cure, but, like, we just can't do it, man. Federation Council considered giving the founders the cure. And they decided against it. And I, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. But the show is, you know, like the Federation's supposed to be better than that. Like, I don't know, like, is Cisco, like, I don't know. It made Cisco look flawed and, that, and not in necessarily, like, in an intended way. Yes. I, I definitely I, agree with that. See, I like, mean, I think it's just, yeah. Yeah, he was I mean, just a, he was just a mouth. I was just like he was just being a mouthpiece for the Federation. That's what I felt stands. like. Is that I felt like that? It, uh, what a right. What what they would that what you would how you would have wrote that better. I think is that you would have had him voice the concerns. Well, fuck, guys, you guys are fucking killing us, and I'm not gonna like fucking throw it. Like when you, my, your enemy's drowning, you don't throw him a fucking life preserver. Like we have a way of life that we have to preserve, and like all of that stuff is things that needs to be said it's a justification but then again you have to find a way to like make me see I, that sis that that that, I, that 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 doesn't sit well with cisco i feel or like that, that he I, lost me, that or he lost that conversation for me i feel like that was conveyed in that scene i guess what, but like, just in avery brooks's performance and his like look i know like he's like we we they thought about it he's 
you know, he's being a captain. He's got to be, a, 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 you know, a authority figure. So he's like, we thought about it. Like, and he's like, and you can see it in this performance. There's like, he knows that it's like, technically it is the moral right thing to do, but they just can't do it because this war, the costs are too big. And they're just like, you know, like he, you know, I would love to be able to do that, but we just can't. It does come off as like one of those movies where like, the lead like does a bunch of horrible shit, but at the end like turns nice. And then like for his girl, his long suffering girlfriend is like, you're right. At the end of the day, you're amazing. And not like holding him into account for those feelings. I felt like at the end of the day, the Federation gets sort of is going to be done that where they're going to, the, the theme of the show is at the end of the day, the Federation made the right decision. See, we, we struggle, but at the end of the day, but you know, at the, you could come back with, you still fucking did all this shit. Like, right. you know, like, you still haven't held account for it. Well, I mean, the next episode... It's like all of these people saying, they, I don't think Trump is personally racist. Why, who fucking cares? He still did this well, shit. Well, like, that's the thing. Like, Odo calls him out on it in that scene, and Cisco gives his, like, look, I know we can't do it. And then Odo gets the last word, So, and it takes Odo's... Odo is the moral argument i think he wins it in that scene where like and avery brooks you know agrees with odo that it's the morally right thing but the costs are too big and he's like just i can't and then odo gets the final word he's like well that's interesting isn't it the federation claims to abhor section 31's tactics but when they need the dirty work done they look the other way it's a tidy little arrangement wouldn't you say and so, and then, you know, maybe in this next episode, in this final episode, something will happen to where even with all this fucking around by uh, Section 31, they will find a way to do the right thing. Uh, and, you know, spoilers, but I, I think that they do. <laughs> you know, uh, I think maybe I'm brushing up upon, maybe that I'm thinking about it from a, like, I think that, I'm wanting to look at it from like, because I'm trying to protect the things that gives me hope about Star Trek and not just turning it into another sort of sci-fi story. Mm -hmm. uh, but, and, and in that regards, the section funny one 31 is a, and this is something we've always struggled with. Section 31 is a fundamentally uh, like, oh my God, it's an issue. Like we have to mm -hmm. like deal with it. Cause it's like, it's a problem. How am I supposed to think how am I supposed to see the lofty goals of the Federation if they have this dark shit that's been, you know, buttressing all of their actions for, you know, centuries? Um, how am I supposed to get with that shit? And, and then, but the way they looked at it then and the way that most storytellers do now, because it's juicy, is that they look at it as it's a villain that's coming from within inside the house. Right. You right. know, it's a villain that we've, oh, the villain is one of us, you know. And that's juicy as a story because there's lots of drama and shit. And it is juicy because there's lots of like big, like what we always talk about is when you start bandying about big ideas without doing anything with them. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you know, like, like, you know, movies do all the time. Oh, it's about surveillance state and, uh, and how you relate to the, you know, and war and, you know, like, yeah, that, that doesn't say anything, but, um, right. And I feel like that that's what they're doing with section 31. It's saying stuff about, you know, the CIA and what we do, but it's not really saying anything. It's just a juicy villain, but it's fundamentally breaking. So if you look at it from like Star Trek as some sort of thing that is hopeful and whatever it, it, Section 31 is just fucking gross. Right. But if it's just space stories with high drama and interactions, then you like Section 31 because it's juicy. 
So the, see, and that's the struggle. Yeah, the way I see it is, it. I mean, we had the thirty-one argument like over and over. I feel like, but yeah, mm-hmm. it, yes, it's a problem. It, it's a theme of our podcast, I think. Yeah, it's, it's a dark part of us that we don't want to face. They don't want to face it. Cisco would like not to, but he has to. And then, I think ultimately, at the end, even with this part of you that's fucking shit up and doing the wrong thing, you fight against it, and in the end. I, you hope that the Federation ends up doing the right thing and mm-hmm. confounding that darker part of them. And, you know, spoilers, I I think that's where the show ends up, you know, but, uh, yeah, but where I would, hey, God damn, I'm going to, I'm going to quote, uh, Aaron Sorkin work oh, positively here, but like what happens at the end of a few good men where, you know, the <laughs> good guys win and the bad guys taken away and at the end of the day, they put these these two guys in fucking jail. And they're at the end, they're like, "What? Why are you doing that, man? We were we were absolved." He said he told us to do it, and it was like, "Yeah, but you still like fucking killed a guy, right? Go well, to the, jail for that." That like, nobody's trying to give Section Thirty One a free pass. Though. I guess like, I'm they're, saying that I, I I feel like it's saying, but we'll see next episode when uh, not Section Thirty One a free pass. The Federation is the kids. Section 31 is Jessup, uh-huh. and the kids should be the Federation. The, like, you could say, see, we don't, like, we weren't, we, the Federation are bad guys. We, we kick them out. We, you know, I, I'm always decrying the Federation, yeah, or the Section 31. But, yeah, but you, you know, they didn't, dis, I don't think they dismantled them, do they, at the end well, of this? they're trying, it's not because, it's not for lack of trying. They're not like, let's just let Section 31 be well, as they don't it is. have offices. Right. Well, the the characters and all the (laughs) the things in the show, they don't dismantle Section Thirty One because it's got to be a going force for the franchise and Star Trek going forward. But it's not Mm -hmm. like nobody in this episode. And if you want, I mean, Star Trek to be future, we don't know. But I'm sure I'm fairly secure saying that they don't go forward saying, well, I guess we just have to ignore Section Thirty One and accept it as a as an inevitable part of the system. No, but I'm not talking about like I'm not talking about in their day to day. I'm just saying that if you like, if you're trying to say that the show is dealing with some complicated shit uh, that's looking at the hard work of the utopia, like, that's what it's looking at, and this dark side is there, They we've revealed that the dark side is there, that's fine, but, like, shouldn't a story of hope be working aggressively, not nominally, but aggressively well, to root this shit out, stem and all. Like, how can, I, I mean, that, I don't know if, then well, how good is the Federation if they have a functioning deep state as, like, a recurring villain? But that's just, like, that they're always fighting against. That's the whole point. And, like, I don't think we're going to resolve this episode, this issue right now because there's a whole conclusion yeah, to more, the series. There's like more shit. Yeah, so I don't think we, we should wait and mm. probably bank this because we're not going to resolve but say, i think but, that it took me a long time to it looked me a long time to get to those two different things if section 31 bothers you it's probably because you put a lot of stock in the utopian nature of the federation as right. part of your enjoyment to watching the show and if you like section 31 it's because you like drama like, you know, action show drama. Yeah. They're the Borg. They're, you know, let's look at the rogues gallery of the Star Trek. You have the Romulans. You have the Borg. You have Section 31. They're the they're the one that's like a carbon copy. You know, they're the Dark Link or, you know, that's a common villain to have in your rogues gallery. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's the uh, Odo, you're healthy and here's why. Yeah, mm-hmm. So, that I mean, that's 
that's most of Voto's plot in this. That's all he really gets, isn't it? But he yeah. gets yeah. he gets the moral a clean bill like, of health. Yeah, yeah. But he is the he wins the moral argument at least. But he, you know, and but you have even even while they're having this argument, you know that they've solved the. It's it's all resulted down into a simple action. They can allow Odo to, you know, take the. You know, take the polio vaccine back to the people. Right. And we'll see so what they do single, next episode. Well, we know what they do, but I'm not arguing that. I'm saying that it's very conveniently written into, like, a single action. So at the end of the day, they can just let Oda do this thing where <laughs> yeah, they, it can all be... This can all go away, it, but, like, it, what if they don't let Odo over there or they put him in jail or half of the population had died before he could get over right. there. Well, I mean, that's a concern. Like, you know, it... there could be consequences, but it's wonderfully consequenceless at the end. So I'm not going to give them too many points for what they're doing. with. I'm not, well, I mean, I don't want to talk about it anymore because I don't know. Cause I don't know how, it, but yeah, they might, they could, I mean, yeah, there's all sorts of things that they, they could do with how they resolve that storyline. I mean, I know how they do it to an extent mm-hmm. specifics. I don't remember exactly. I don't know the specifics of how... The, yes, they don't do exactly what you're saying, but they're making this shit up. They made a different shit up. I mean, I don't know. It's a good point. I'm yeah. I'm critiquing the shit they made up and that right. they should do different shit. I know, and I just want to critique the episode we're talking about not next week's that I don't know the full scope of. Cisco's having a baby. Oh, uh, yeah. Then that's... Yeah, that's the one thing we haven't touched on yet, right? The, it's a pretty big one. That was almost... Seemed it's like, a, that seemed like a fucking afterthought. <laughs> <laughs> it I mean, it, like is, were... it is an after. It's treated the, of course, the writers treat it like an afterthought. I mean, we know more about Leela's percentage of tips than we do about this baby, really. <laughs> yeah, like they, it was almost like it. It was almost like at the end they were like, "Holy shit! All of that stuff we led up to has nothing to do with what we're doing." Yeah, Where's the they're space trying Jesus to give us, shit? They're, they're clearly trying to give us an added punch on the way out, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's a short, quick scene, but I. I don't know. I think it's probably the best acted scene of this whole episode with Avery Brooks. Now I won't argue with that. Yeah, I won't. And uh, I mean, it's, it is her, the two. I mean, it's, it's it's concentrated. It's the only scene with just two good actors. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm pregnant. And uh, you know, his reaction like, "Are you sure?" She's like, "What the fuck?" Like, of course, I'm sure. And it, you know, it felt very real. With and he's like, "Oh shit, I'm so sorry." I mean, I'm, I mean, it's it's. I'm happy. I'm happy. Not he's like, yeah. And I didn't mean the interesting thing. And uh, you know, my partner really appreciated this when I put it out there. He's like, "Oh, uh, she's pregnant because he forgot his birth control." Yeah. Uh, yep. Because he forgot his injection. Yeah. Yep. And, and Julian reminded him. Yeah, Julian being a sex creep. I mean, also yep. a doctor. <laughs> but it's like, oh, yeah, Julian reminded me, hey, hey, Cisco, you know, you still fucking because you didn't take your birth control this month. Uh, yeah. I, that's how I assume. That's in, mm-hmm. my, in my mind, that's how Julian <laughs> asked that question. How old is Benjamin Cisco? Why when he getting his fella snipped like like I did, like a norm like a normal man does? Because <laughs> why do that when you get like because you, you forget and have a baby? That's why. Well, Maybe I mean, I'm sure. Baby. Listen, yeah, his like, choice of birth control is yeah. purely <laughs> story driven. <laughs> it's not based on any like world building that 
and previously exists. And how dare you shame Benjamin Sisko for how what to do with his body and his choices about I'm, his preferred? I'm, I'm criticizing his lifestyle. <laughs> Up until now, yeah. it wasn't a problem, so I don't know. Not, what the... not, not, yeah. Um, how dare yeah, you? I do. Uh, do you remember that scene? I'm gonna, like, you remember that scene in the office where Michael Scott's at an improv group, and every <laughs> yeah. time they do an improv, he derails it because he pulls out a gun because it's the only thing he can think of to heighten the tension of a scene. It's the most dramatic thing you can do. So yes. why not do it every time? Why not do it in every scene? They're like that with. I'm having a baby. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> All stories in. I'm having a baby. Yeah. <laughs> what are we going to do to make this real tragic? Put a baby in there. <laughs> right. And it's like, oh, we set up this thing at the beginning of the arc that the, oh, remember that we said the prophet said he was not going to be happy? How are we going to do that? Oh, it's going to have to be something with the baby. She's nervous that her, you know, that the prophets are going to kill her they baby. They trying to tell you guess, something. You know, and, There's something that happened to my baby. Yeah, and he's like, no, but I don't know. I feel like this. I feel like this whole ten episode thing gets too much fucking credit for its serialization. I think just because it's numbered doesn't mean it's serialized. I still feel <laughs> like these things are episodic as shit. Well, I mean, and I still feel like we just closed a bunch of books before. I like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't see this as drastically different than the last ten episodes of season five. Or <laughs> well, like, I, I, I mean, I, I disagree with you. I think it is, and yeah, it's. I mean, with the Kai and Ducat stuff, that was pretty back to back to back. Yeah, yeah, yeah but now they're gone. <laughs> like, is what, like for, for a minute? Yeah, I'm, I'm, nobody's arguing that it's the most masterful thing in at all in the world. But I, I would argue that mm. it's. Uh, I just feel like this is. I don't feel you know, like it's this a is... step up. It, they're trying something here. I'm not yeah. arguing that they get it right, but mm-hmm. I do think it's something. Mm-hmm. New. It is. It's a weird in between. Yeah, state. yeah, and then and that's been our thesis since we started this podcast that it's a prequel of sorts that yeah. not that it gets it right missing links aren't pretty man that's why they don't that's yeah, why it, if i could go back and do our first season over again i would i would yeah. say i would look we're looking at deep space nine and asking the question is it a precursor right, modern well, television? Yeah, missing links aren't pretty i think yeah. he's right yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. nobody <laughs> yeah nobody likes yeah, they don't stick around for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where, like, you know, that's a struggle with these episodes. Yeah, I can tell that you're struggling. <laughs> yeah. But but it's almost over, man. We're done with this one now. And shit, there's only uh, like 87 minutes left or however long this two-parter is. Mm-hmm. It's a long one. but It is, yeah. I mean, there's uh, so you know. It's a lot of questions. It's a lot of things yeah. to have. And overall, I thought this was a... I mean, it's cramming a lot, and it's setting up the end game. It wasn't a bad episode. I mean, it, they spent a lot of time on Ferengi stuff, because I guess this is the last time they get to do... They need to close that book, I guess. And then So it's, it's a weird... This episode hangs together weird on a thematic level. <laughs> maybe, just, that, maybe that... Maybe Hughes, Biss, and Link think it's a really... Like the more I think about that, that's a juicy analogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it is like it's like the worst of both worlds in some ways. Because I feel like I didn't really watch an episode this week. Like I don't really, you know. But then again, it's like it is like most of the stuff is just a continuation of storylines from before. Right. But I, I don't feel like I got like, like I don't know like you know like I don't feel like it like it's I don't know like I feel like this is the worst of both worlds where you don't feel like you're getting a story but you also don't feel like you're on like a like a 
a fast track of momentum, like like that's yeah. beating you down that you can't like. See, I, I feel like I'm getting a story, next. but I'm not getting uh, coherent themes. Right. That are tied. Together. Yeah, I mean, with each individual episode, I don't feel like I'm getting like, oh, this is a story about like this episode was right. about like five different things. It wasn't like a story about whatever. Right. That's, yeah, exactly. Or two stories or whatever. But like. So I don't even really know what like right because I think they're they're so excited about having this serialization they're not mm-hmm. what they're not doing is tying that serialization into go into solid themes per episode they're just like this mm-hmm. is a story and then we're moving the plot along and these are the different things we have to move along to get to where we need to go mm-hmm. yeah yeah which makes it a kind of missing link in the ways for yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. this is one of those I don't know, I've, question to even bring it up but it feels like because this could be me but it feels like it it, it isn't i don't know maybe it's because the storylines are so long maybe it's i don't know like like i feel like that like it, this could have some punch like some classic punch like i feel like that that we're not we're not like they're not giving us like big beats and like huge like i don't like things aren't just like it seems like it wouldn't be that hard to have each one of these episodes have a big fucking wow third act, right? And I don't mean like a giant right. space battle, but like something that fucking you no, remember. I mean, yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Like I agree that it, it could oh, that's do a, that. That's space. what that's that's the definition of a podcast. Well, it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like that's one of the things that I'm sort of gonna like is that like it would seem like it wouldn't be that hard to add a punch to these episodes and like each episode third act. Yeah, that, that, I mean that's when I say. High, yeah, mm-hmm. it's not that hard to do backseat driving it. At the time in 1999, it was kind of you know yeah. it wasn't really being done. The world's not full of, of podcasting. It's the easiest job in the world. So. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, you just get on and say I don't like this thing or I like. I, this I, thing. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> that, that that feels a little cheap sometimes. I mean. <laughs> yes. but I, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. but no, that's that, that's the episode. I think we're done, right? We've gone yeah. on for a while here. Yeah. Um, so, do you guys want to yeah. guess what the good people of IMDb th- think of this episode? What was it last week? Extreme Measures, where they go and do uh, Section 31's brain. Sloan's brain was that last episode. Oh my god, that was worse. What was the number on that? Uh, last week was 7.7. 7. I'm on a 8.5. I was going to go 8.5 too. We can uh, both go 8.5. I'm All right, for the first time, maybe, or I don't know. Because that's what I was going to say, I would go with my gut, 8.5. Yeah, go with your gut. It's eight point three. Nah, damn. <laughs> well, we're, at least we're both as wrong. This time. He, I just threw it out there, but he could have thrown you a lifeline. But he like, <laughs> he could have said, or you could go lower, Wade. Yeah, maybe well. like two points lower. <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't want to win on those terms. No, <laughs> I'm happy being just as wrong as you are. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um. It's the last episode ever, man. Next week. Yeah. All right. Thinking back on all of the times. Uh, it's, uh, it's another turning point. point. Folks stuck <laughs> in the road. Trying to remember. What's that Green Day song? Uh, yes. All right. All right. Well, next week we'll become the legend. We will. Young all boy. Right. <laughs> become legend. Young boy. Wait, do you want to tell people how to get a hold of us and whatnot? Uh, yes. If you don't know by now... Well, I'm going to tell you again, and don't and, and make something of it. I guess um, uh, I guess you can still give us a call at nine one seven four zero eight three eight nine eight. Look us up 
at kickersofelves.com for all the other podcast stuff we do. Especially go to patreon.com slash kickersofelves for all that bonus content where you can become legend young boy. <laughs> like, you uh, you know, because we all know all about the anime now. We talked about Evangelion a little bit. so that's, <laughs> yeah. And and assorted other uh, podcast content and audio content at Kickers of Elves. Patreon.com slash Kickers of Elves. Check it out and throw some money at us. While you still can, you still can for a while. Whatever, I'll I'll shut up now. Do all the stuff that every podcast wants you to do, but do it for us. All right. Well, thanks again for listening to another episode of the Rules of Acquisition. We hope you join us next week for the last time as we go through another episode, the last episode of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. For Wade James and myself, three to beam out. Started in the crack house, Obama went the back route Killed Bin Laden, another four up in the black house Still got the max out, pull a mask down like a mascot Still trick with bitches, I would money, her with ass shots Good had room for one more, I took the last spot Re-up gang Peter, nigga, yeah, they hit the jackpot Whole nother level, then you add fame, that's a whole nother devil Legit drug dealer, that's a whole nother bezel The carbon auto mall, that's a whole nother metal But still keep it ghetto, behind the scenes pull Strings like your pedal, the gun blow steam, whistle like a tea kettle. Running like the rebels, you and LV sports shoe on a pedal. I let you niggas settle. Yeah, trouble on my mind. I got trouble on my mind. Trouble on my mind. So much trouble on my mind. Trouble on my mind. I got trouble on my mind. Trouble on my mind. So much trouble. Get him, so I got him. Tripped him, Bruce Palin, then I accidentally shot him. Then it ricocheted and killed the game. I'm a problem, cause I wanna fuck the world, but not a fan of using condoms. Harden my French, I'm going hard as my dick. When I envision my tip on the crust of bitch lips. Mr. Lip Shits has been tripping since I met your reptar. Triceratops, dinosaur dick. I feel it in my gut. To kill these motherfuckers is a must like the arm of Mike Pitts. You niggas coming shorter than a Bushwick Billy costume on sale doing Christmas in Philly. Um, well, not really. It's getting kind of chilly. Let's hit a couple bars and get some bitches wet willies. Soaked getting jiggy with it. And Bel Air's. Oh, hi. I'm still here. I'm not dead yet. Were you sad to not hear me? Happy. Did you wait till the end here just to hear the sound of my voice? Just listening to the music? Let me know you love me. I may not be long for this world. I love you. I promise. I'm not programmed to lie.